Hope Yosemite podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jackson. And since we are entering hiking season in Yosemite, I wanted to talk about one of my absolute favorite trails around Yosemite Valley, the Panorama Trail, and why you should consider this worthy adventure for your upcoming Yosemite visit. I hiked the Panorama Trail for the first time uh, probably close to a decade ago, and I was just completely blown away by it. It's a hike I do every year now, most years multiple times, but I think the best time to do it is in the late spring and early summer. Honestly, though, I cannot think of a hike that really covers everything you would want to see on a trail in Yosemite more than the Panorama Trail. Depending on how you choose to do the hike, you will have a hard to strenuous day ahead of you with outstanding rewards around every corner. I'm not kidding about this. Officially, this trail starts on top of Glacier Point, and that is the way a lot of people do it when the shuttles are running from Yosemite Valley to Glacier Point, but that option does not exist for now due to COVID, nor will it exist in 2022 because the Glacier Point Road is scheduled to close for repair that year. So that year, the only way to get up there will be to Uh, take one of the valley trails up to Glacier Point, which will be great for hikers, but not so great for people who just want to drive there. Um, So this hike, the Panorama Trail, is what is called a through hike. It begins, what that means is that it begins in one location and then it ends in another location several miles away. Um, Larger or longer versions of through hikes would be like the John Muir Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail or the Appalachian Trail. This is a much, much smaller version of something like that. So you would need to have some kind of ride or shuttle system set up that would either take you to the start of the trail or back to your vehicle if you parked at Glacier Point. The other option for this trail, it adds a few miles and quite a bit of elevation gain, but it is my preferred method, and that is to begin on the valley floor at the four mile trail, hike up to Glacier Point, and then hook up with the Panorama Trail from there, then take that all the way to the top of Nevada Fall, and then come down from there via the John Muir Trail. So, Doing it that way links three great trails together and makes for a nice, long, kind of perfect day of hiking. So I did this trail by following the, quote, long route again just a couple weeks ago in May of 2021. And by the end of the day, uh, I had, according to my little pedometer thing on my phone, I'd hiked about 15 miles with an elevation change of almost 4,000 feet. If you do find a way to get to Glacier Point you and uh, start from there, you can expect a hike uh, officially of eight and a half miles with an elevation change of only 700 feet up and then coming down 3,000 feet. So starting at Glacier Point is the uh, easier option, but I personally have never done the hike without tacking on the four mile trail. And I say if you can handle that extra mileage and that extra elevation, I think it is the best way. Um, Just because I don't know, to me, a hike doesn't doesn't seem like it's right unless you have a significant elevation gain. But I know that's not the sentiment everyone has. And maybe that's just my own freakish hiking masochism talking. So, you know, you do you. 
So let's assume you have decided to do the hike with the four-mile trail added to it. For this option, you will park at the four-mile trailhead on the, sho- on the shoulder of Southside Drive, and that's the road coming into Yosemite Valley kind of before you hit the village area. So the four-mile trail is across the street from a little campground area called Yellow Pine, which is also a picnic area. I think it's closed uh, in 2021, but um, that just gives you an idea of where the parking is for this. So you'll park on the shoulder. There's a little shoulder on either side of the road, and it's a one-way road. Um, So you'll park there, or you can get a ride there, um, which is even better because parking is pretty limited. There's only room for um, probably at the most like 12 to 15 cars, depending on how big they are. So it's pretty, uh, pretty limited parking situation. Um, so once you park or you get the ride, you just follow the signs for the trailhead from there. So you're basically just heading toward the south wall. And it should be noted that there are no restrooms at this trailhead and the trail is pretty steep. So there are not, what that means is that there are not really good restroom options, especially for ladies. <laughs> Um, in the woods until you get closer to Glacier Point where there are actual restrooms and it levels out a bit and give you more options to kind of dash off into the woods if you need to. So just keep that in mind. Just kind of try to take care of that business ahead of time if you can. Also, there won't be many, if any, options for water along the way. Um, there's not any water that really runs down the four mile trail outside of like just snow melt season. Glacier Point may have water, running water when you get there, but I would not count on that because they have so many problems with the plumbing situation up there. So my advice is just to carry enough water more than you think you will need until you get to the first guaranteed water source. And that is, uh, two miles beyond Glacier Point at Illilouette Fall or a little wet falls. So I usually carry about um, two and a half liters to drink. And um, I'm a very small person. So I would recommend at least three liters per person just to be on the safe side. Okay, so heading up to Glacier Point on the Four Mile Trail, you get some really lovely views ascending 3,200 feet over actually 4.8 miles. It's called the Four Mile Trail, but it's closer to five miles. So you should probably know that ahead of time you get up to four miles and you're like, where is the top of this thing? And you just keep having to go for another. I don't know why they don't rename it, probably just because it's so well known now. But yes, it is actually closer to five miles. The grade is gradual, but it really never lets up. You will be ascending the entire length of this trail. And along the way, you'll be hiking. Um, Some of it is really nicely shaded uh, through a mixed conifer forest of pine and uh, oak trees. And then you get to the, when you near the uh, north rim of the valley where Glacier Point is, those ponderosa pines and oaks give way to these really impressive big uh, trees with red bark. They're called red fir trees, which, fun fact, uh, the red fir trees were the source of the tinder collected for the famous firefall from Glacier Point that went from 1899 to 1969. Okay, so from Glacier Point, once you get up there, you're going to head toward the amphitheater, um, just beyond the little store. And just behind that, there is a trail sign uh, that has a little sign attached to it that says, have your half dome permits ready and on hand if you're planning to ascend the half dome cables. And that sign, um, so this is a trail sign also, but the little sign attached to it always kind of confused me because... 
I didn't know many people that started the Half Dome Trail from Glacier Point, but I actually met someone last weekend who did it that way. So I guess it's totally a thing um, because it doesn't actually gain as much elevation coming from Glacier Point, although it makes for a little bit longer of a day. But anyway, just look for that sign. It's a big sign. It's on a a granite slab, um, just on a little hill, and it will put you on the panorama trail. And I I only mention this because, embarrassingly enough, I had a really hard time finding the trail the first time I did it. Um, So it, it just doesn't really seem to be where you would think it would be. It's right behind the amphitheater. And the sign, I can't remember exactly what it says. It's really the only big hiking sign there, but it lists destinations like Illilouette Falls and Nevada Fall. So after you have found the trail, um, you start descending fairly quickly through an open area kind of surrounded by manzanita bushes and not too many trees. And it's just really nice and open. So you get beautiful, uh, really beautiful views right away. And you'll notice that there will not be too many people on this section of the trail. And that trend will continue until you reach Nevada Fall. And that's another, probably my favorite reason to hike this trail, the Panorama Trail, because there are hardly any people on it, no matter the time of year. And the views you get are just outstanding. And I think that it's because it's a through hike. That's why there aren't many people that do it because the logistics are a little bit complicated. But it is totally 100% worth it. You get great views of Half Dome, the backside of Half Dome for us, or the south side, which makes it almost unrecognizable. In fact, a lot of people don't know it's Half Dome from that side. It looks totally different. Nevada Fall will show up along the way and then behind that little dome, uh, Liberty Cap. And you really only get those types of views from there. You can't see them from anywhere else that I know of. Uh, You'll only get those perspectives of Half Dome and that view of Nevada Fall and Liberty Cap from the Panorama Trail. So after dropping down from Glacier Point after two miles, you will have reached Illilouette Creek, which is the creek feeding Illilouette Falls. And that is a waterfall that can be seen from uh, the Mist Trail, but not from many other places, although it's a very uh, beautiful and impressive waterfall in its own right. And this little stopping point on the Panorama Trail is just lovely. It's right before the bridge. It's shady. There are tons of rocks and slabs to hang out on. You can also fill your water here, um, exercising proper precaution because it is above a waterfall. So definitely don't get into the water up here because that fall is pretty intense and the water's running very rapidly. Um, Just be sure if you do fill your water carefully that you treat it before you drink it, either by filtering it or using iodine or chlorine tablets. Um, We do have a... Uh, I think it's a it's a parasite called Giardia in the water in Yosemite. Not all the water, but just treating all of your water is, is a good practice to get into. Um, and that's just because of how many people hike and travel there. So from there, you will cross the bridge and start. And then this is where the uphill hits after... Uh, after you drop down in, uh, to a little white creek, you're going to be going uphill for a while. So this section of the trail gains about 700 feet in a mile or so. So it's a little steep. And if you started this day hiking the four mile trail, you're definitely ready for this, for that section to be over very quickly. Um, it's also not shady. So you will be hiking in the sun and that really takes it out of you. It makes a huge difference. So just be sure to bring some sunscreen and a sun hat if only for that section alone. Um, 
And so after hiking that uphill section, there's a really great place to take a break at the top. And I always take a break up there. There's a nice slab to hang out on where I like to have a snack. And and you just get this amazing, beautiful panoramic vista from there. So once the uphill section is out of the way, it's all downhill from there, <laughs> which you'll be glad for at first. And then your knees will start screaming at you and you'll probably start wanting for uphill again at some point. <laughs> um, the section between the top of the hill and Nevada Fall is one of my favorites. Um, so you start losing some views. You drop down into kind of a dense little forest area. It's, it's really kind of shady and a little bit dark in there. But it is the coolest place. I always discover something amazing there. So the first time I did this trail, that was the first time I saw snow plants. Um, and snow plants are these bright red flowering plants. They do not contain any chlorophyll. So they're just totally red. There's not a single smudge of green on them anywhere. And these plants are, well, they're actually parasites. Um, they're not a fungi like many people think they are. They are a flowering plant, but they have um, adapted to be able to kind of infiltrate the root system underneath the soil. Um, the There's a symbiotic relationship between the fungi under the soil and the plant roots, like from trees and uh, snow plants kind of sneak their roots in there and they actually steal nutrients from that um, transmission of nutrients and uh, water that's occurring between the fungi and the other plants. So they are technically a parasite, but they are a beautiful parasite and they, uh, they actually attract hummingbirds for the type of flowers that they have. So I just love seeing them uh, anytime, you know, even though now I've seen hundreds of them, they still just are always so thrilling. But I definitely saw them for the first time on that trail. On another trip later on, a few years later, I ran into a sooty grouse hen, the first I'd ever seen there. And uh, sooty grouse are these large ground dwelling birds. They're about the size of a chicken. And this hen had her little brood of chicks with her and they were just the cutest things ever. They were foraging and pecking and they look like little chicks as well. Um, foraging and pecking the ground. Ugh, they were just so adorable. So I was pretty tickled by that too. Um and that's the other thing when you're hiking in Yosemite around this area, you hear in, in, uh, in the spring and summer, which is why this is my favorite time of year to hike it. Uh, you'll hear this really um, deep whooping sounds from the woods. And those are male sooty grouse calling for mates. And it's this you'll always hear this in April and May. And it sounds like, whoo, whoo. And it's really hard to locate. <laughs> Um, but that is the male sooty grouse uh, calling for mates in the spring. You hear it a lot. And if you're lucky, you will get to see a courtship dance. And I just saw one of these dances the other night at Glacier Point, And it was so impressive. But unfortunately, I don't think the male grouse was getting any action that night. The ladies were definitely not impressed. His feathers were a little askew. I think that maybe he was a younger sooty grouse. So better, better luck in 2022, buddy. <laughs> But I got a good laugh out of it. And then on my most recent trip uh, down this trail a couple weeks ago, my my hiking partner and I ran across this huge collection of uh, orange peel fungus. And they're named orange peel fungus because they look like scraps of orange peels on the soil. Um, so 
those fungus, um, they release spores when they're disturbed by some external factor, like if you poke them or something. So my friend and I spent about 10 minutes crouched down, blowing into the little cups of these fungus and watching the puffs of spores. They're so thick, they come out and they look like smoke coming out of the fungus. And I just, I freaking lost it. I don't know why I was so amused by this, but I actually had to restrain myself to keep us moving on the trail and so that people wouldn't think I was crazy because I was screaming at these little bits of fungus in the soil. Um, If you want to see orange peel fungus in action, I actually put a uh, video up on the Little Yopod Instagram page so you can check it out there. I also have a picture of the sooty grouse um, in his his attempt to mate up there as well. So those are there for your reference. And I'll include a picture of a snow plant too. So you'll see um, all of the things that I'm talking about if you follow the Little Yopod Instagram page. And if you're not following it, this is a good reason to start. Anyway, I think that is why I love this trail so much. I super geek out on the active parts of nature, like plants and birds. And I just always experience so many new and exciting things when I do this hike. I'm sure the rewards are different for everyone, but that's really what I get out of it. And it gives me something to anticipate and look forward to when I do this hike. And it also encourages me to get out and do it in all seasons to see what the different times of year bring to that place. And there's always something. So after leaving the magical forest of discoveries, um, you're eventually going to get to the top of Nevada Fall, which is, um, this is actually my preferred route to get to Nevada Fall as an alternative to the Mist Trail. Um, And now I do really appreciate the Mist Trail, but I also avoid it in the summertime just because it's so crowded. So this is the much less crowded option, although it's a lot longer. Uh, You'll have, um, in my opinion, a much nicer day. And so I know I've mentioned this before many times, but I love the top of Nevada Fall. To me, it's as close as you can get to the Yosemite High Country from the valley floor. And the way it opens up up there, it's so unique and it really makes me think of Tuolumne Meadows, which is one of my absolute favorite places in Yosemite. Um, I like to hang out at Nevada Fall for a while. Uh, so I... I covered the Mist Trail and Nevada Invernal Fall in another episode um, from this season, so I'm not going to go too into detail for this one. But I think in 2021, actually in 2021, the only option to come down from the top of Nevada Fall is by way of the John Muir Trail, which is also called the JMT, if you hear me refer to it as that. And it's only about four miles from there to the valley floor. And at the be- at the beginning of the descent, you get some really, really nice outstanding views of Nevada Fall. Uh, it should also be noted in 2021 that the shuttle buses are not running. So you're probably going to have to walk back to your car if you parked at the four mile trailhead, which could add another two to three miles of flat walking from the end of the trail to that trailhead. So admittedly, getting down off of uh, the John Muir Trail and then onto Flat Crown was the hardest part of the trip for me when I hiked it. My feet were very, very tired by the time I got back to the car. So here is a pro tip. Bring some sandals to slip your feet into when you're finished hiking. I'm even going to go so far for myself as to carry my flip flops with me. 
uh, in my backpack so that when I get back onto flat ground, I can change shoes. I usually do this when I'm backpacking. And I think the different footbreds from, um, footbeds from shoe to sandal really offers some nice relief. I'm not sure why, but it does. Another good trick is to take your shoes and socks off whenever you stop for a break and either just walk around for a minute in your bare feet. That really helps. Or if you're really lucky uh, and in a safe place, you can plunge your feet into the icy cold snow melt of a stream or creek. And that is an amazing treatment too. Uh, I dip my feet into this, into the ice bath, I call it for about 30 seconds at a time. That's about as much as I can stand it before my feet start to go numb. I always do this when I, when my feet are tired, and I don't feel like I can walk another mile. And then after that, I'm like almost completely rejuvenated. Uh, and I have the confidence to continue walking for several miles more. So a couple tips for you if you're, if you have some long hikes on your agenda. So like I said in the beginning, if you do this hike from the four mile trail, you're going to hike anywhere from 14 to 17 miles, depending on if you get a ride back to the trailhead or not, and you gain uh, almost 4,000 feet of elevation. It's a long day, but totally doable if you're in decent hiking condition. If you decide to start from Glacier Point, the hike is nine miles with an elevation gain of 700 feet and then a loss of uh, 3,000 feet or so. So it's an easier day, but still very significant mileage and still something to be super proud of. If you want to know more about the Panorama Trail, you can check out the links I have included for the trail in the show notes or send uh, an email to me uh, to littleyopod at gmail.com with any questions you have about this or any of the trails in Yosemite. Now, I've not hiked every trail, but I have hiked quite a few and I'm always happy to talk trails and hiking with people. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Little Yo Pod. If you like this podcast, it really helps me if you give me a rating and a review. It helps more people find the podcast, which increase my downloads, and then also really helps to open up opportunities to grow this podcast in the future. And on that note, it is time for a listener review. So this review comes from Raylo11, and Raylo11 wrote... Great info on Yosemite. As a first-time visitor to Yosemite, this podcast was extremely helpful in determining what areas to visit and which hikes were appropriate for our skill level. As we explored around the park, we could hear your voice telling us all little details about flowers, rocks, wildlife, etc. Loved it. Well, Raylo11, I do appreciate the review, and I'm so sorry that my voice is in your head now. But if you're okay with it, I'm okay with it. I'm really glad the podcast helped with your visit. That's really my whole intention with this project. So that gives me such great joy. And Raylo11, if you're listening, I would love to send you uh, some Little Yopod stickers. So if you'd like those, you can contact me via email, again, at littleyopod at gmail.com. Or you can also contact me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm at littleyopod. That is going to wrap it up for this episode of Little Yopod. I'm Laura Jackson. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in Yosemite.